Studies suggest that adults need between seven and nine hours of sleep at night, but the realities of life at MIT often make that number a seemingly impossible goal to reach. Welcome to Conversations with MIT Health. I'm Melanie Cole, and my guest is Zan Barry. She develops programs to support the well-being of groups and individuals, including stress management, healthy sleep, mindfulness, eating, and body image concerns. Welcome to the show, Zan. I'd like you to start by telling us why sleep is so important and what benefits we really get from a full night's rest. Sleep is the foundation upon which all good things are built, <laughs> biologically, cognitively. Um, so uh, if you want maximal um, cognitive performance, if you want maximal memory, if you want um, to not have your memory deteriorate, the things that you're studying, you want to actually be able to retain them. Um, if you want to be able to play well in your sport, if you want to be able to remember your piano piece that you've been practicing, um, sleep is essential for all of those things. But we're finding more and more that it is also uh, vital for long-term health and chronic disease prevention. So if you look at big global studies of things like calcification of the arteries and obesity and weight gain and uh, propensity for diabetes, all of those things are related to short sleep times. So what is a healthy amount of sleep for a student? You know, as, as we age, our sleep needs change. So what is the minimum, you would say, to still stay healthy? Well, it's funny when I... Uh, do informal surveys of students about how much they'd like to be getting. Most would like to be getting eight or nine uh, hours of sleep, and most are getting somewhere around six something, six and change hours of sleep. But, um, but I would encourage them all to try to get an average of seven per night. Um, because seven hours, if you look at these studies about health, you know, uh, poor health uh, associated with short sleep times, it does seem like seven hours is a tipping point to protect the health of your immune system and your arteries and, you know, all these other systems of the body. Um, it might not be the optimal amount to feel your most rested and your most productive, but it um, is probably a good uh, goal to shoot for in terms of health protection. At MIT, lack of sleep is a point of pride among some students, and do you have tips for helping students to overcome that peer pressure to stay awake and work harder? Well, um, eventually the body does assert its needs for sleep, and so, um, so people do find that they crash. They um, might start coming down with every cold and flu that goes around, and then they, their bodies will demand that they're getting more sleep. Um, so, so often the body... Uh, you know, Mother Nature knows best, and the body will um, will force people to, to start getting more sleep. But we also find that students uh, start to find a similar a person with a similar kind of biological rhythm to them. So, if you're more of an early uh, night uh, person, if you like to be a, a morning lark and you like to go to bed um, at a reasonable hour, um, you will you can find people to do your studying with and to finish your P sets with. Um, who have a, a kind of chronotype or a, a, a rhythm that's similar to yours. Um, not everybody is a night owl, although, you know, some people are. It's, it's not, um, certainly not biologically uh, that common that everyone, you know, in a particular area would be a night owl. Stud uh, students are of an age where their buddies might uh, push them to stay awake a little bit later than uh, an adult who's in their 30s or 40s um, because our... our optimal time for sleep does change over the course of our life, but, um, but still, not everyone's a night owl, and people who start to find the other morning larks really um, become more productive with, uh, with their new cohort of people. 
How about power naps? Do you have any advice on the most efficient way to nap? Well, napping is um, one way that students do make up their sleep deficit. And if it's the only way they can do it, I encourage them to do it. So a power nap uh, is about a 20-minute period of sleep. So your body stays in a very light stage of sleep from the beginning of that nap to the end. And you're waking up in a nice light stage of sleep, which makes it easier to get back up and not feel so groggy, what's called sleep inertia. When we uh, first wake up in the middle of a deep sleep cycle, we're just crawling through molasses. We feel so groggy. So we want to avoid that. Um, Students who are trying to make up more time in their sleep deficit will often take a 90-minute nap, so they'd be getting a full sleep cycle from the beginning of a sleep cycle through the deep, slow-wave part of the sleep cycle up through the lighter stage of sleep again. And so if 20 minutes is not going to do it for you and power nap is just not cutting it, then you can try taking a 90-minute nap, and, um, and that uh, will probably awaken you in a more refreshed state. When you do get the chance to sleep, how do you ensure that the sleep you get is the best quality sleep possible? Do you have any advice for a really good night's sleep? Right. Well, the uh, three hallmarks of a good sleep environment are cool, dark, and quiet. So we want to make sure there's not a lot of extraneous noise on the hall. If your hallmates are playing with Nerf swords outside your door and things are bouncing off the walls and people are laughing, that's going to... uh, disrupt your sleep and make it very unconsolidated. You'll keep waking up. So you want to have something that provides white noise or quiet in your environment. And white noise could be um, having an air conditioner going or a fan. It could be a white noise machine. Um, you certainly want your uh, environment to be cool, not cold, but on the cool side, the body temperature needs to drop in order for the sleep uh, sleep drive to really be strong. And um, dark is important. So if you have no shades on your windows, you might want to get a sleep mask or hang something um, to block out outside light. Um, In addition to the sleep environment, the cool, dark, quiet sleep environment, um, one of the best and I think um, most little taken advantage of tips is to get much more sunlight. You know, take advantage of the sunlight in the early part of the day, especially since MIT is in a um, cold uh, and it's a cold and long winter. And so sunlight is really at a premium here anyway. Um, try to get as much sunlight as you can by having breakfast by a window, sitting in your first class by a window, walking outside whenever you can instead of being um, underground or in the, in the shuttles. Um, and, uh, and that sunlight is setting your body up to have a, slonger, a stronger sleep drive at night. Um, there are many other ways that people can encourage themselves to get better quality sleep from not uh, taking caffeine after noon or not at all. If you're someone who's very sensitive to caffeine, you don't want to have um, really much of it at all. Um, alcohol also creates more fragmented sleep, so not uh, leaving yourself plenty of time after having an alcoholic drink um, before you go to bed. And, um, and don't drink too much before bed anyway because you don't want to be getting up and making trips to the bathroom. So, um, so stopping liquids, except for sips, stopping liquids about you know, 60 or 90 minutes before bed. Are there any foods that you, or even drinks, you're mentioning alcohol and on campus we know that can certainly be something to talk about, but any foods or chamomile tea, do you like any certain kind of alternative things that can help people or hurt their sleep? And what about exercise too close to bedtime? Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't think I can endorse any particular foods or herbs or, you know, things that work for everybody. But anecdotally, I will tell you that some people really like the scent of lavender, um, to have a little lavender sachet by their bed or a little lavender oil on their uh, nightstand um, light bulb can, um, for some people, be very relaxing and soothing. Um, 
I would say uh, that I think more in, about food in terms of what uh, disrupts your sleep. So big meal before bed, you know, high fat foods like a cheeseburger or milkshake or French fries, you know, ice cream, those are going to probably be more disruptive because your body will send blood to the digestive system, your body's going to get hot, and it's going to be the enemy of deep sleep. So I encourage people uh, to eat uh, a light snack so that they don't feel too hungry when they go to bed, but something that's, you know, light and easy to digest, some fruit, some crackers, you know, something like that. And, um, and your second question was about... Uh, oh, activities, exercise. Activity. Physical activity is very, uh, very beneficial for deep sleep, except right before bed. So within two or three hours of bed, you don't want to do anything that's getting your body too hot. Um, and when, when uh, sleep experts will recommend um, exercise, it's usually in the morning or the afternoon uh, to help promote deeper sleep. Athletes we know do get more deep sleep and consolidated sleep, so it's good for sleep, but just not within two or three hours of bed. And, um, and when you hear people talk about, oh, take a warm bath or a warm shower, it's not that you want your body to be warm. It's that your body uh, taking a warm bath or shower about 90 minutes before bed stimulates, can stimulate a cooling response, and your body starts to cool off. And it's the cooling response that strengthens the, um, the strength of your, that, that heightens your sleep rather than the warmth of the bath. It's the body's cooling response um, after that bath or shower. Zan, in just the last minute, your best advice for a real good night's sleep for students at MIT. I have to say that the one thing I see keeps people awake more than anything is their busy, busy minds. We have a group of people with extremely active minds, and um, which is wonderful, and they are constantly generating new material, and, um, and they're going to solve all the major problems of the world. I really believe that. I think this is a, a group of people who have the ethos to, um, to go out and solve the world's major problems problems, but not right before bed. It's really important to be able to downshift your brain and actively do some form of meditation, relaxation, or just uh, something that, that shifts the brain to a much um, lighter state uh, right before bed, because overthinking right before bed is going to keep the brain in an active brain pattern um, that's not conducive to sleep. So if you need to write things down in a journal, if you need to do something very light and um, not related to your schoolwork right before bed, but something that helps keep your brain um, attuned to sleep. Thank you so much, Zan, for joining us today. Listeners can visit health.mit.edu for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. That concludes this episode of Conversations with MIT Health. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other MIT Health podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for joining us today.